Thank you, Armor Bearer. You can welcome. Could you carry me? You can welcome Reverend Orm with a hand clap. Good to see you guys. Kate Burma. Kate Burma is what I kept hearing. Burma. That door is going to open up for you. I saw you being catapulted into that place. So, yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> Kate Burma. Kate Burma is what I heard. Have you been to Burma? Well, you will. All right, good to see you. There'll probably be a lot of anointing tonight. There always is, but Brian brings a little weird prophetic stuff. And so about uh, 96, the Holy Spirit, I love to be dignified, and I love to look really, really, like, cool. And when there was anointing, I would yell just like that. I hated it. It made me look stupid, and the Holy Spirit said, either accept it or I'm not going to change you. So I'm happy to be weird. And that's what it means. When there's an, a yell, it's like a highlighter, Okay. So, there you go. Oh, it's something high, all right. <laughs> How you guys doing? Great. Doing good? Yeah? want to talk really a couple quick stories. Um, I may, I don't know if I told these. I'm not going to tell that story. So, I have a, a good friend who's also a spiritual father in my life. Uh, Eric knows him. His name's Shannon Schreier. Has a church in God in in God's place. His church is called God's Place, in Ogden, Utah. And about a year and a half ago, his church went through some stuff, and they had to change some financial situations. So he had to get a job outside the church, and a door opened up to be a chaplain for a nearby hospital. So he's on call 24 hours a day. If there's trauma, anything that's crazy, they call him. So he gets to go into some pretty amazing situations for God to show up. So he gets a call, and they said, hey, there's a woman on life support. It's a daughter of the, this couple, and they would like someone to come pray. So he goes to pray, and he walks into the room. It's just a woman on life support. There's a nurse, and the family had stepped out. He prays, and there's nothing that happens like in the natural. Angels don't, don't come floating, and like, we are here, Shannon. Ah, lifting the body into the air. He just prays, doesn't feel much, walks out, and goes on with his day. Two weeks later, he walks into the hospital. This one nurse comes running down the hallway and says, hey, I've been track, trying to track you down for two weeks because do you remember the woman you prayed for that was on life support? Now, he prays for lots of people on life support. So he's like, I'm, I'm not sure which one it was. But she says, well, she was completely brain dead 100%, and she was only on life support for three more hours because we were going to harvest her organs that afternoon. But when you walked out of the room, all her brain activity returned. And a two, like, two hours later, she was sitting up talking to her parents. That's a good day. <laughs> How was your day? Well, I was brain dead at about noon, and then <laughs> 2 o'clock, I was having a good conversation. So I think it's been a pretty good day. About three weeks later, he gets another call. An infant had died right after birth. What he didn't know driving there, the backstory is the baby had been dead for over two hours. Over two hours. On his way there, the Lord speaks to him. The gift of faith comes. He says, this baby is not supposed to die. I actually believe no babies are supposed to die. Everyone has a scroll that bears their testimony, what they're due to accomplish and fulfill on this earth. 
anyone dying prematurely to me is not right. And you've been given the mandate to raise the dead? Yes? Raising the dead is Christianity 101, Hebrews chapter 6 says, let's move beyond the elementary things like the laying on of hands, the baptisms, raising of the dead. It's in Hebrews 6. Let's move beyond the elementary stuff. Raising the dead is Christianity 101. So he walks into this hospital room filled with doctors. I love when God shows up and there's doctors who are really intellectual. And then they're just like, well, this is an anomaly. That's all they can say. It's an anomaly, a phenomenon. Okay. So he walks in, looks at the infant, says, in the name of Jesus, I command life into your body right now. Boom. Instantly, the baby comes to life. No brain damage, no side effects. And by the time he got there, the, ba the baby had been dead for two hours and 30 minutes. Is that Jesus? Is he calling? <laughs> He's got your number. Two and a half hours, baby raised from the dead. This one happened about a week and a half ago. Three, a three-year-old boy drowned. He's on call. He gets the call. He goes, this guy had been dead for over two hours. He walks into the room. It's just chaos in the emergency room. He just walks over to the edge of the room. He can't even get over to the boy. just begins to pray. All of a sudden, boop, boop, boop. And the doctors know him so well. Now, a doctor leaned over and said, this is you, isn't it? <laughs> and he says, well... I'm not alone. <laughs> the guy raised from the dead after two hours being dead, no brain damage, no side effects. Now, I'm releasing stuff into the room. You can take it for yourself if you want, because what had happened is in his church, a friend of ours, Dave Crone, shared stories of five resurrections he had seen. Two weeks later is the first resurrection this guy saw. So you can listen to this go, oh, that's kind of nice, that's interesting. Or you can grab a hold of it because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which means God wants to do it again. So you can do whatever you'd like to do with that. I'm not in control of your life. You're in control of your life. But I would probably grab a hold of some stuff. If you'd like. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to dive right in. Is that cool? The word church is not in the Bible. You know this? It does not exist in the Bible. Now, in the English translations, it does. But in the Greek, it does not. There's no Greek word that says church. <laughs> it's ekklesia. And the meaning of that word is quite interesting and a bit different than what we would consider church. So church to Jesus was ekklesia. This is a Greek word that means a body that was summoned to have judicial responsibility, legislative responsibility, and governmental responsibility to decide things and make judgments for the changing of society. That's a little different than, man, we're just coming together and we're singing some songs and <laughs> I'm taking an offering. I have a potluck a little bit later. <laughs> Jesus was like, I, I died for a little more than that. See, he's looking for people who will function in revelation and wisdom. When revelation flows, it enlightens your right hemisphere in your brain. 
when wisdom flows, it enlightens the left hemisphere, and then there is a synthesis and a synergy so you can begin to function as a new creation because it is wisdom is, is the application of revelation so that there can be reformation. Revival's great. It's a little small. It's good and wonderful that we're revived and refreshed and renewed, but it doesn't change society. Reformation does. So we're in a window of reformation. If you know it, you can show it. Otherwise, you don't know it. Wisdom shows it. So when Jesus was a little boy, and Jesus was fully human, right? So everything he did, he did as a human. Otherwise, doing the same works is not attainable, let alone the greater works. If he did them as God, then we are not, we cannot reach that place. Yes. So the word was made flesh, one of us. So when Jesus is a little boy, he was a gifted child because he flowed in Revelation. And he'd go into the temple and he's like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And all these guys who are educated were like, wow. There's higher learning than there's higher, higher, higher learning. Faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength, grace to grace. I'm all for higher learning, but there's a little higher than that. And Jesus was dialed into Revelation, and then he began to grow up. He actually matured. It wasn't just baby Jesus coming out of the womb. Well, hello. Here's my gold, my frankincense and myrrh. I thank you very much for that. Thank you for this trust fund to begin my travels. <laughs> so he begins to grow up and mature. And then he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. The dove come down. It's like an IMAX theater moment. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus goes into the wilderness filled with the Holy Spirit. He comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a long night if you don't like to laugh, by the way. Okay. Comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit, which means he went into higher learning in the wilderness because he went in filled, came out in the power. And then he starts to show his ministry. So he actually starts to function in wisdom. Wisdom is the application of revelation. Wisdom produces results. I'm all for revelation, but there's got to be wisdom. And I find, especially with people that are more of an intercessory type, like, we're getting all this revelation. Oh, cool. So what are you going to do with that? Oh, we're just getting it. It's like, really? It's just amazing. Okay, well, revelation without action is a hallucination. So you might need to do something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do something. If you know it, you can show it. Okay. Otherwise, you don't know it. So we need to grow in wisdom and a revelation. We need both. So the ecclesia is we're to function in a governmental role, a judicial role, and legislative. Now, I'm not talking natural governments and natural courts. Jesus wasn't like, hey, what are the Romans doing? Let's pay attention to that. He's like, uh, I'm going to bring my own government. It's called the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy. That's his government. 
He's like, you can do what you'd like. I'm bringing a government that's going to flip yours upside down. So the government we're bringing is not from this place. And you do that from the domain of God, which is the kingdom of heaven. So you administrate the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy into the kingdom of the earth. Problem is a lot of believers are just living from the kingdom of the earth, hoping to get to heaven one day. I mean, that's where you go when you die, but you already did in Christ, so you're already there. That's where you go when you die, but you died with Christ. So now you're seated with Christ, Ephesians 2, 6, and the highest place that there is, the highest vantage point that is possible is seated with Christ. So it's not about, oh, Lord, would you bring, please bring heaven down? He's like, why don't you just bring it down? Why don't you bring it down? I'm just telling you Bible, folks. I'm not giving you my opinion. You are seated with Christ. Well, that's just positional theology. It's actually reality. <laughs> when theologians get nervous, that's just positional. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we are positioned there in reality, so let's bring heaven down. <laughs> And then Jesus gave his keys to bind and loose, which are legal terms at their root, to bind and loose. You have a judicial responsibility to dissolve the contracts of the devil that give him the possibility and reality to do things in the earth. We're going to bind that contract, and then we're going to loose heaven. So we have a judicial responsibility to loose heaven so that the realm of earth begins to open up and heaven can invade. So when somebody gets healed, what's going on? Oh, that's a judicial responsibility. Oh, we have a work of the devil. There's been a contract. I'm going to bind this contract with the authority of Christ, and I'm going to loose heaven upon this body. And the sickness is like, see ya. See, the enemy is a legalist. He will only respond to verdicts in heaven. Where he is accusing you, by the way, day and night, Revelation chapter 12, he's accusing you in the courts of heaven. Some people are like, the devil can't be in the presence of God. Really? Because he's in the courts of heaven? So I'm not sure. It's like, he's really scared of our worship service. Well, I don't know. He's a legalist. He is legalistic, so he will only respond to verdicts. So you can shadow box in the earth with spiritual warfare and hopefully hit something, or you can do warfare in the courts of heaven and things get done very quickly. Very quickly. Daniel chapter 7 verse 10 says, A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000, you do the math, that's 100 million. A lot of people. There are 100 million angels that surround the throne of God. 100 million angels just that surround the throne of God. Not anywhere, Not anywhere else. else. Just right there. It's not angels. If 
Fire stream, fire stream issue came forth before a thousand thousands, registering ten thousand times ten thousand stood before, and the court was seated, and the books were open. The court was seated, and the books were open. Psalm 139, 16, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written to days fashioned for me. You have a book. It's a scroll that was written before time. Jesus had a scroll in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 to 7. He says, In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. Jesus is the Word, right? Some people are like, Let's turn to the Word of God. I'm like, Which one are you talking about? Because there's actually three words for the Word of God grapha, which is the word we get the word graffiti. So God is tagging up some stuff. That's the written scriptures. It always refers to the scriptures as a whole. Then there's rhema. That's, for simplicity's sake, spoken word. It's a little more complex than that, but it's spoken word. Then there's logos, which is Jesus, which is the logic and opinion of the Father. Jesus is the Father's mind made up. I have made up my mind, and here he is. He is my logic and my opinion. The logos was with God and was God, and the Logos became flesh. Jesus was a word sent out from heaven to manifest and be ground out into flesh so that he could pave a way and be a forerunner to show us how to live on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. So the flood is actually the goodness of God because in Genesis 3, God says to Satan, hey, from the seed of the woman, your life's going to be messed with. Women don't have seed. They have eggs. He's talking about DNA. And then you take Genesis 3 to Genesis 6, Satan employs a tactic called hacking human DNA. Let's bring down the sons of God, take women, producing children who are half human, half angel. Why is this happening? He wants to prevent the seed from coming because the word had to become flesh, fully human to be born of a virgin who is fully human. If this were to continue, no one would be fully human. So then God chooses Noah. Why does he choose Noah? Well, he was righteous. Okay, well, he wasn't righteous like us in Christ. Then it says he was perfect in generations. The word perfect is the word Hebrew, Hebrew word taim, refers to physicality, not spirituality. He was physically perfect in generations, physically perfect in genetics, DNA. His DNA was clean. If you're going to start over, you've got to have some clean DNA. So he does a hard reset, chooses Noah. He's got clean DNA. Let's start there. We start over, and now the, the road is paved for the Redeemer to come, the Word to become flesh. So the flood is actually the goodness of God. Hello? Well, God was just really angry, and yeah, there's some crazy stuff going on, but behind all that, it was the goodness of God to say, I, I need my son to come, so we're going to reset some things so he can come. <laughs> yep. John 13, 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands and that he had come from God, as w and was going back to God. Jesus came as a spirit, entered a body, 
which is the same thing that happened to you because you existed before? Yes. Psalm 139, the Father knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Knowledge requires existence. If you're going to be known, you have to exist. Well, he was just a thought. Oh, okay, well, if I know what a cheetah is, it has to exist. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no frame of reference. And then Paul said to the Ephesians, hey, you were in Christ before creation. Oh, so in the beginning is not the beginning. There's a before in the beginning. Yes, there was. That's why the lamb was slain before creation. Yeah, the cross was not plan B. It was plan A. It wasn't a reaction to the garden. It wasn't the father going, hey, Jesus, remember that garden project? It went sideways. So, plan B. Jesus is like, ah, just one tree down there, guys. Just one tree. Is it really that difficult? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word workmanship means poem. You're a poem with a point. Written in your scroll is a prophetic poem of what you are to fulfill in this earth. And that was written before time. See, the cloud of witnesses that has gone before us that now surround us, they surround you. Heaven is like no closer. It's this close. There's a Greek mindset in the church. It's been there a long time. It's really dumb. It's really entrenched. It's called dualism. Heaven is really far out there. We're over here, and there's like this big chasm in between, and hopefully something will happen, and the veil between heaven and earth is thinning. There's no veil. I remember the veil ripped, right? Did it rip in half? Oh, okay. <laughs> I hear this all the time. It's just getting thinner. There's no veil. At the subatomic level, distance ceases to exist. Everything's one. Location ceases to exist. It's all one. Everything is one. So the cloud of witnesses surround us, and many of them didn't see the fulfillment of their scroll. Hello, Ma. They didn't see the fulfillment of their scroll, and now they're interceding for you to see the fulfillment of your scroll. So I want to tell you a story. This might be a little outside your box. You might think I'm outside of my mind. I'm not outside of mine. I might be outside of yours, but I'm not outside of mine. So I'm in Beverly, Ohio. There's rural, and then there's really rural. It's like, are there humans anywhere around here? So I'm in this home, beautiful home. It's a big home because there's land for miles. You could build as big a home as you want. So we're in this place, and I speak in this tiny church, about 20 people, really great people. And I get this word of knowledge for this older woman. Don't know anything about her. Don't know anything about this church. And I said, why don't you come up? And I just start releasing some stuff, and all of a sudden I see a person in the cloud of witnesses. This is happening about four or five times. 
and I start interacting with this person. Oh, you're talking to the dead. He's not dead? Yes? He's not dead? So when he transitioned from earth, he actually didn't die? Because he already died in Christ? Okay. So I'm not talking to the dead. So I'm interacting with this guy who's bald and really jolly. And I said, I'm talking to this guy who's really jolly and he's bald. Everyone in the church starts weeping. What I don't know is he used to be the pastor of this church and the husband of this woman. And what he told me was, I'm interceding for her. I said, what for? To fulfill her scroll. They're interceding for her. They're cheering you on. That's cool. I like that. Even if they didn't fulfill theirs, they're like, I am gonna, I'm going to see you see yours. In fact, Hebrews 11 alludes to the fact that they don't even come into perfection until we come into the fulfillment of ours. So they're invested. <laughs> Some circuits are frying in your brains. I can see that in some of you. Let them fry because some of them are religious circuits and there needs to be a rewiring to really understand what's going on. We can choose to see and hear holographically or we can perceive and understand reality, either or. That's why Jesus said, hey, you can you have eyes to see, but you can't perceive. You have ears to hear, but you can't understand. So you don't really see through these and you don't really just hear through these. The eyes of your heart is how you see. You have eyes here. Ephesians chapter 1, 118. The eyes of your heart flooded with light, uncreated light, so you can see the hope of his calling, the riches of his inheritance, and the greatness of his immeasurable power flowing towards you. Beep, bop, boop, bop, beep, bop, boop. So he's looking for the ecclesia that will actually perceive and understand what's actually going on. Instead of shadow boxing in warfare and, re and, and relying on a news channel that is highly regurgitated, filtered, and biased to inform you of what's going on. They're not trying to inform you. They're trying to form your opinion. So we need to dial in just a little higher to understand what is actually going on so that we can be the ecclesia that has the judicial responsibility, legislative responsibility, and the governmental responsibility to function from the domain of God. So I'm in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Right after I stayed in Beverly, I went to Parkersburg, West Virginia. You know where this is? No, you don't. So we come across this bridge, and we come up to this hotel called the Blennerhasset. The Blennerhasset Hotel. It was this old mansion. We pull up and there's a brand new convertible black Ferrari. Now Parkersburg, West Virginia is very impoverished. One of the highest drug abuse rates in the nation. This was about the last car I was expecting to see in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Now God is speaking in lots of different ways. So I try to pay attention to things that are, seem to be out of the ordinary. And this is one of those things. So the conference hostess goes, I have never seen a Ferrari here, and I grew up here. I said, oh, okay. Hmm. 
well, Lord, we're about to have a conversation. So I go up to the hotel room and said, so what are you saying with that Ferrari? He says, go outside. I said, okay. So I go outside. I stand there for about a minute, looking awkward probably to some people. <laughs> Just looking around. He says, go left. So I go left, and I'm walking down the street. I've never been in the city in my life. And I'm walking up the street. And God does sometimes with me some things with wind. It's a little interesting. Angels are ministers of wind. So in Acts 2, when the whirlwind came, in, came into the room, that was the angelic. And then there's tongues of fire on each head, right? They're also ministers of fire. So there's like an angel sitting on each head. Bible, folks. We're just talking about the Bible. <laughs> so I'm walking up the street. The wind starts to pick up. There was no breeze at all when I, was, when I started to walk up. The wind starts to pick up. And I was like, all right, Lord, what's going on? And I get to a spot, and there's a whirlwind around me. Leaves are coming up off the ground. I said, this must be the spot. So I sit down. What was to my back is a sign that says one government square. So that's an interesting sign. And God says, this is a false government. So I want you to start to pray some things. And I want to show you the book of Parkersburg. Because every city, every state, every nation. Revelation chapter 10 shows that nations have books. Scrolls written before time of what they are to be known for and to fulfill in the earth. So Parkersburg book is really nasty, all oily, jacked up, torn, wet. And God flips the first page and it says, prosperity to the nations. I was like, well, in the natural, that's quite the opposite. I said, so let's declare this right now. So the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That word testimony means judicial witness. Judicial witness. So Jesus is in the courts testifying. So when you begin to prophesy, what happens is you open your mouth and the testimony of Jesus actually becomes prophecy. And it releases into the earth what's happening in the courts. So prophecy isn't just like, I'm going to give you a nice little word and it's going to be really fun. It's like we're releasing stuff that's happening in the courts. You're gathering eternal intelligence to understand and perceive what Jesus is testifying in the courts. And you catch that information, you release it, it becomes the spirit of prophecy here, and it opens up a space for heaven to invade. Thank you, highlighter. <laughs> Are you getting this? Do you, you understand this? This is why the enemy is like, the pr prophecy is weird. You shouldn't do that stuff. It's really strange. We don't need prophecy today. He's doing this because it destroys his domain. <laughs> oh, it is true. So he's not a big fan of the prophetic. And so I'm releasing this stuff, and God says, hey, I want you to start breaking debt. Okay, so I start breaking debt. The wind starts really picking up. I look to the right, and it's the National Center of Debt, headquartered in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Didn't know this. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. Here we are. So I released this in the conference. Um, some religious panties went up into a bunch in the first part of that, but we got through it. And then I said, there are going to be some things happening that will be signs in the natural to confirm this. Two days later, the conference host texted me a picture of a brand new Lamborghini, yellow Lamborghini, almost in the same spot. 
And he says, dude, I have lived here my entire life. He's in his 40s. He's like, I have never seen these cars. And I said, well, things are about to change. Now, what can happen in the anointing for some people is they begin to trade their personality and who they are. So you can hear stuff like this and be like, well, that's Brian. So he has something that I don't, which is absurd. You have the fullness of God, which is called equality. We all have the fullness of God. We're all coming into greater understandings and exploration and discovery of what that fullness is in our life. So for some times, you see a person who comes into a breakthrough, and you're like, oh, they have something that I don't, or I'm less than. So I'm going to trade. So people get around people who are really gifted, and they start trading themselves. How about you just be you? Okay? I'll be me. You be you. You think for yourself. If you don't agree with me, that's okay. Think for yourself. Believe for yourself. We've done a good job in the church telling people what to believe and think. How about we teach people how to believe and think? That sounds like a good day to me. Let's believe and think. And so I just want to encourage you, when there's someone that comes into a place that has breakthrough, when you grab a hold of that and you say, wow, what they're moving in, I just honor that. When I get around people who are moving in some breakthrough, I'm like, God, thank you for that person, the way they're designed. That's really cool. I just honor the way you've made them and what they're walking. What that does is it opens up the capacity for you to begin to break out in what they've broken into. So we're having a nice meeting tonight, but I'm throwing some stuff out here for the possibility for you to come into breakthrough and breaking out. It's just your choice, though. If you don't want to, that's fine. I hope you do. You were created for much more. Did you say something? <laughs> you were created for much more than simply having a job and doing some things. It's like you were created to be the ecclesia on the earth to begin to function as a multidimensional creation from the domain of God, administrating the government of God. Jesus was the forerunner and the model. You are quite literally a Jacob's ladder, heaven meeting earth. But didn't Jesus say, I'm going to the Father's house to prepare a place where there are many rooms? Where's the Father's house? You? Oh, okay. So he's going to the Father's house, you to prepare a place, and inside of you are many rooms multidimensional creation, which is a new creation. Hell knows who you are, do you? They're well aware of who you are. So they're working very hard to help you not know who you are. Second Timothy 1.9 says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Oh, that's interesting. But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You were given purpose and grace before time began. 
a scroll. The purpose is the scroll. The grace is the divine enablement to fulfill the scroll. What are your longings? What are your passions? What are your desires? Those are indicators of what has been written on your scroll. Do you know why you're on the earth? Do you know your purpose? One of my purposes, took me a while to figure this out, but one of my purposes I know is I'm to help empower people to live an ascended life from their co-ascension. This is one of the messages that I carry and I release. We are co-ascended with Christ. Living from the vantage point of full dominion over all darkness. I'm not into shadow boxing. I'm into verdicts in the courts of heaven. Let's get some things done. Wisdom produces results. And you are given purpose and grace before you ever got into this realm. You were given everything you need before you arrived. You are producing in time what was foreordained outside of time. You are producing in time what was foreordained outside of time. You are a poem with a point. So you are literally a word sent out of heaven, ground out into flesh to be a poem the workmanship of God with works that were set aside beforehand that you would accomplish the scroll that carries your testimony. Ah, oh, you got to get this. This changes the way you function. This goes from we're having nice meetings. No, we're actually gathering to govern. We're actually gathering to see societal transformation, which is reformation. So we're going to have to think a little outside the box. I'm not a fan of boxes. Now, we need to honor the past boxes that got us to where we are. But I work with university students, so university is a box. And it's based on previous knowledge and understanding that's ground out into a syllabus. And if we're not careful, we think that is the limitation and the expectation of possibility. So if you answer wrong outside of the box, you get a red mark. <laughs> outside the box. <laughs> so you honor the box, and then you realize there's more than that box. And there's a window of reformation that we're in. There is a window of reformation that we're in. There are things happening on the earth that are unreal. And I'm talking good stuff. But brother, the world's getting really dark and horrible. Well, I'm not sure what news you're watching. The television has a vision that tells something. Just change the channel. Good news. There's less poverty than ever in recorded history. Less disease than ever in recorded history. There's more prosperity on the earth than ever in recorded history. There are more people coming to Christ than ever in recorded history. Every person that is born naturally, there are four born again. Those are good numbers. Every day in China, 200,000 people come to Christ. 200,000. 
Indonesia alone, every 21 seconds, someone comes to Christ. If this continues by 2030 or 32, the nation will be predominantly Christian, the most Muslim nation on the earth. Everyone got really crazy when Obama became president. Oh, my goodness, this is like the Antichrist. Do you realize what happened as a result of him becoming president? He's the son of a Muslim who professed himself as Christian. That gave permission to all the Muslims in the earth to become Christian. <laughs> yep. God always has a purpose for who's in office. And he used that to say, I'm gonna, I, I want some Muslims to come to me. So I'm going to give them permission. Because when you're in a Muslim family and you're a son, you don't become Christian. If your father is Muslim, you can't. But wow, this guy did. At least publicly he professed. Yes. Boom, gives permission. Now there's more Muslims coming to Christ than ever. It's absolutely unreal. I have a friend in Pakistan they had kind of a, a nice little gathering of 1.3 million people who showed up, and 75% of those people accepted Jesus. 350,000 went out instantly in the Holy Spirit. That's a pretty good day. <laughs> so we're in a window of reformation. The possibilities, Jesus said, all things are possible. How many of you want to go to space? Just stand up if you want to go to space. Just like, you're like, I've always wanted to go to space. Yeah. I, I got good news for you. You're in space. <laughs> you're traveling at over 10,000 miles per hour in the middle of space. <laughs> but see, we've been under an atmosphere for so long, it set the ceiling of our expectation. You've been under an atmosphere so long, you didn't realize you were in space. I'm not sure you're getting this. You were under an atmosphere for so long. Satan is atmospheric. Prince and power of the air. Been under an atmosphere so long. The Van Allen belts that border. And you say, well, someday, hopefully I can be an astronaut. You are right now because you're in the middle of space. So perspective changes some things. You've got to realize, I'm saying this because I'm alluding to the fact that you're in heaven but we can be under an atmosphere that says one day, one day, one day, one day. And Jesus is like, yeah, you remember that one day I died and stuff? And, you know, then three days later I came out. And a little while later I went up and so did you. So I don't know. <laughs> See, Jesus died in full so you wouldn't live half-ass. <laughs> it's getting real tonight. You just thank you, Lord. You've been given fullness. Do something with it. Let revelation flow and wisdom flow. God said you can ask for wisdom. He'll give it. Wisdom needs to be ground out so things can begin to happen in the earth, solutions in the earth. All right. Why don't you guys stand up? There's more we could talk about, that, but that's enough. <laughs>
That's enough for tonight. Why don't you close your eyes for a second or close your heads. What do we want to do? Bow your eyes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Is anyone pressing into technology? You're wanting to create some form of technology, whether it's an app or something like that? Would you just raise a hand? Whether that's something you're working on or it is like a dream or aspiration. All right. Would you guys just come up here real quick? If that's you, just come on up right here. Well, I knew you would be in this. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, nice shirt, man. Yeah, bud. Cool. Eric, if you have some people that want to come pray too. So we're going to pray. Everyone else, would you just extend a hand towards these? We're going to pray. Because does God like evangelism? Does he like caring for the poor and widows and orphans? Does he like technology? Does he care about job creation? <laughs> we can say it's like God really cares about evangelism, job creation. I don't know. It's, it's just as spiritual. Everything is spiritual because you're a spirit. Like, you can't get any more spiritual. So when people are like, hey, let's, let's get in the spirit, how does that happen when you are a spirit? <laughs> like, how more can you get into the spirit? Why I'm saying this is technology is spiritual. This is really valuable in the kingdom of God. Because it's all spiritual. And one of the first places wisdom is grounded out in the natural is technology. It pushes the boundaries and the envelopes and it goes to new frontiers. So I just bless the projects that you're putting your hands to. I declare there would be revelation of flow, revelation of flow in your right hemisphere of your brain. Wisdom would flow in the left hemisphere of your brain. And you begin to see a synergy and a bridge. And you begin to function a new capacity of beginning to think in complex ways that are heavenly minded. We're to be eternally minded, not temporally minded. Temporal means subject to time. You are to be eternally minded. So I declare eternal intelligence over your lives. Blueprints and ideas and strategies the earth has not seen yet. Let there be technologies released that the earth needs to see that bring solutions. That bring solutions. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for wisdom and miracles, wealth creation, wealth creation, prosperity to be released, prosperity to be released to the nations, to bless the nations, to bless the poor, to release things into the earth that will take our human race to the next place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have intercessors that are part of here? Intercessors? Yeah. If you're an intercessor, why don't you come up? If you feel like you have the gift of intercession, cool. Even if you're not like someone that we recognize as an intercessor, if you feel like you have the gift of intercession, come up. That just means you're really moved to pray a lot of times. You just have this, this longing to pray. And just to press in and lean into the heart of God. Yeah, come on up. Awesome. This is the time to exercise what he talked about. Step out of your box.
More boxes, more boxes. Okay. So intercessors, where are you at? Come on, come on this area. Yeah, come on over. Boop, boop, boop. Awesome. Yeah. God's really shining his light on intercession. He's kind of bringing back a healthy place of intercession. In the past, intercession went to some kind of interesting places, and God's just bringing back the value of this. I first just want to honor you and the desires and longings of your heart to pray and intercede. Thank you for doing that. It's not really the lane I drive in, but I honor what you are in the kingdom. And so I just want to pray some stuff. Why don't you just lift your hands real quick? We need intercession to be ground out into policies. So I want to pray that the Lord will begin to show you things that are beyond just personal stuff, family stuff, and that's really good and powerful and helpful, but things that will be ground out literally into policies for businesses, governments, organizations, and actually give them a prophetic trajectory where they're supposed to go, and it was birthed out of intercession. Yes. So thank you, Lord. I thank you for intercession. I thank you for the heart to pray. I thank you for the longing of the heart to connect in intimacy, to know your heart, and to release what you're saying over our planet, over people, over organizations and cities and families and, and everything in between. I ask for revelation to begin to flow and wisdom to begin to flow, to begin to apply the intercession, that these things can begin to ground out into policies, things that are written, business plans. That literally a business would be acting on a word coming out of intercession and it would bring prosperity to the business and prosperity to the nations. So I pray for divine strategies and blueprints to be released through intercession. I pray for things to be ground out for government policies. You're the ecclesia, governmental, legislative, and judicial. Let the responsibility begin to increase the awareness of who we are in Christ. Let the awareness of who we are in Christ increase. Thank you, Lord. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Krina. What's your name? I just asked your sister. It wasn't prophetic. Okay. So I just want to release something over you real quick. The, you have not been overlooked. The Father has not overlooked you. His eyes on you. Like I kept seeing you. And it's like, you would come into the room, and he's just like, yep. His eye was just completely on you. It's like a glimmer and a shimmer in his eyes. And there's things that he's promised to you. There's things that have been even prophesied over you. And it's like hope is kind of burm, 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 kind of waned a little bit. And I just want to speak over you the freshness of hope over you. The freshness. Would it be okay if I lay a hand on you? Is that all right? Yeah? All right. No, that's a joke. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. It's okay. Is it okay? Yeah. No, awesome. Extend a hand. Thank you, Father, for your precious daughter. Thank you, Lord. You have not been overlooked. I thank you for hope. It's the ability to see in the heavens. Hope is powerful. It opens up faith. So I thank you for the hope that you've given your daughter. I pray for awareness to increase of all the hope you've put inside of her. I thank you for this powerful daughter. Powerful daughter. I thank you for the intellect of this daughter. Yeah. Thinking is good. So I just bless your brain to go to the next level. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Now just declare rest and peace and joy and fun. I just declare, I just kept seeing that God gave you surprises, like fun surprises. It's not like yours is spiritual surprise. It's just really fun surprises. I thank you, Father, that you care about that stuff. So I just bless you to increase in favor with God and people, increase in wisdom and stature, increase in perception and understanding that you go to the next level. Dreams and visions. Dreams are coming your way. Dream, dream, dreams. They're coming your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Bless you. Now to speak over this ministry, Epic Life. Whoa, sorry. I just declare that you see miracle signs and wonders, creative miracles, salvations, great favor with people, great favor in the city, great favor in this region. God, I thank you for what you've done all the years, all the people that have been touched, every miracle, every healing, emotionally, physically, every place of breakthrough that someone has walked in. We honor everything that has happened in the past, and we thank you for what's coming in the future. We're going to live in the now, and we thank you, Father, that what you're doing is only going to increase. Increase in advancement of your kingdom. It is always increasing the government. So I bless you to come into greater understanding, to greater awareness of who you are in Christ. Grow up into the head. Jesus. In Jesus' name. Give Brian and God a hand. I want to just give you a couple of quick words uh, because I want you to understand some things. When I first started listening to Brian, it was hard for me to keep up. One, because he's super intelligent and I don't usually think at those levels. The more that I began to listen to him, that's why, like this is the third time I've heard him speak in the last 36 hours. But I've gotten now because I've been asking Holy Spirit to give me revelation to be able to understand those things. And that's been happening. So I encourage you to go to epiclife.org and listen to his sermon several times and take notes because the stuff he was talking about tonight, he used the word of God. It's easy to stand back and go, oh, that's a little weird. Really? Do your homework. Go write down the verses and ask the Holy Spirit about it. Don't just stand back and poke it because it kind of gets your little cardboard box all wet. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I might not be able to keep my little box together. You won't. That's not what you were born for. I also want you to understand, like when Brian said, do you have people that can come up and pray? I didn't pick my favorites. I want to be really clear so there's an understanding in our, our uh, ministry. I pick people that have come to DNA have been coming to Epic Life. I know their lives. Because we're very clear, we do not want people we do not know praying for people. Because we don't know. <laughs> we, we don't know. We, we want to know the people's lives up here. So that there's no impartation from the dark side. You can lay hands, you can let somebody lay hands on you, and what they're carrying can come to you. So we're protecting you. That's why we did that. The other thing I want to encourage you about is just to allow Holy Spirit to move past your logic, your analysis, all the little ways that you love to control your life and feel safe. 
ask Holy Spirit. If, if there were things tonight that didn't make sense, ask Holy Spirit about it. Feel free to come up to us. I may not know the answer, but I can find it. All of the people, too, who came up for intercession tonight as intercessors, next Wednesday night at se uh, on September 7th in uh, Nick, Brian Ryan, and mine's home, uh, Brian is going to lead, begin to lead a group on intercession and prayer. And we're very, uh, we're very serious about that. It's not a social meeting. There will be water if you want it. There will be no refreshments. We will start promptly on time and we'll probably end promptly on time. But we just encourage you to come out because God will show us things through intercession that will be very powerful for the strategies and the things like when Brian was talking about written policies. He'll show us all kinds of things to help us move forward. He'll take us as seriously as we take him. And that's what I'm finding in my life. This has been a week of amazing breakthrough. I had a deliverance session Tuesday night. I know you're like, deliverance? Yeah. I heard Bill Johnson's wife, Benny, one time give a deliverance testimony. And she said, I see all your faces. A bunch of you need to have deliverance, too. Because every once in a while, you just need a good hose down and the good light and fire of the Holy Spirit just to clean you off. That's what I had. It was super powerful. Don't be afraid to go for something. Don't be afraid, like, don't be ashamed. If the enemy backs you up in a corner with stuff that looks like facts, beat him into heaven with uh, uh, the truth. Because facts don't mean anything next to the truth. And the truth is, no matter where you're coming from or what's backed you up in a corner tonight, God can set you free. Because the name and the blood of Jesus and the love of God that provided that for you is indiscriminate. Your DNA matters as much as the person next to you. So I just want you to be encouraged tonight. If you'll stand, I think we're just going to uh, pray together. I want to pray over you guys. God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this ministry. I pray, Lord, that every single person that heard things in Revelation tonight, that you would enable them to hold on to it. I break the power of the orphan spirit that desires to hang on to us and make us feel small and really determined to maintain control so we can have our little bitty itty worlds I just call you out of that tonight, every single one of you, that the revelation you got tonight and even stuff you didn't get would come into you more and more powerfully and sweep away all the cobwebs, all the darkness. I call down the light and fire of the Holy Spirit to just burn all the mental fog and all confusion off your brains and to give you the courage, I call your spirits fully forward to encounter the Almighty God. Daddy God who loves you and to give you the courage to reach for truth and to not be afraid to act on it. I bless you as a father in the kingdom tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen.